Great afternoon. You are in the fast lane with Sarah Jane. And if you have been listening to this podcast for a while, you know that I like to bring guests on that I really think are going to make a difference for you. So in the past, I've had Josh from Nutridyne on, and we really sat and talked about fish oil and how important it is to take good fish oil. I've had a lot of different chiropractors on, but I'm stepping it up today because you are going to find out the truth between uh, behind fish oil. Because a lot of times people will say, oh, what's the hype with that anyway? That's, you know, that's just a bunch of garbage. So I have the director of research for Omega Quant, Christina Jackson is with me today. She has a PhD and she's an RD. So she knows her stuff. She does clinical consultations uh, specifically for this, and she is going to break it all down so you know what you're doing is worthwhile. So Christina, thank you for joining us today. Thanks for having me. So I've been doing the Omega Quant testing in my office for a few years now, uh, but now Omega Quant has some different tests and not just for the fish oil. So let's start bare bones. What exactly is the difference between omega-3 and omega-6. Why is this a big deal? Ooh, we don't have enough time for that. <laughs> we, can, we can go um, as surface level as we can. So both omega-3s and omega-6s are part of the polyunsaturated fats family. So that's important. That's part of the structure. They're both essential. So the body cannot put a double bond on the car on the sixth and third carbon from the omega end. So that's very technical. But what it means is your body can't make these fatty acids in the specific forms that they are, which is why we need them from the diet. Um, for an omega-6s and omega-3s also use the same pathways, the same enzymes in the body to um, elongate and desaturate these uh, fatty acids. So essentially um, when we eat omega-3s from walnuts, which is called alpha-linolenic acid, our body can take that and convert it to EPA and DHA, which are have more carbons and more double bonds, but they're um, typically found in fish. So your body can kind of make that transition, but it takes those enzymes and it takes, um, it's a pretty poor conversion in most people. And so we typically recommend for the omega-3s, you're going to get your EPA and DHA from fish preformed instead of trying to make your body make it. Um, but omega-3s and omega-6s, they both use the same pathway. Um, and so that's where they kind of connect. They also are kind of like two sides of the same coin, um, especially when it comes to like in inflammatory processes and a lot of other processes in the body. The especially EPA and arachidonic acid. So EPA is an omega-3, arachidonic is an omega-6. They have really similar structures and they're often used by the same enzymes <clears throat> to make metabolites. And these metabolites are involved in every process in the body. And that's part of kind of their known for being kind of anti-inflammatory or pro-inflammatory. So the arachidonic acid metabolites tend to be the pro-inflammatory metabolites that are the first to react to an inflammatory process. Very important piece. The EPA metabolites are more likely to be less pro-inflammatory and also pro-resolving, we call it. So they come in right after the, um, the pro-inflammatory metabolites go and try and attack whatever is in the body and needs to be killed. But then that process needs to stop and the omega-3 metabolites are better at cleaning up the process, cleaning up the bacteria, helping with um, tissue regeneration and bringing the level of inflammation back to its very low state. So you don't have a chronic inflammation. Um, and so 
they definitely get <laughs> omega sixes get a really bad rep rap a lot. Um, I, it's still they're still essential. They're still very important. Um, if you're talking about pregnancy, arachidonic acid and DHA are both very important. So I don't like demonizing the omega sixes, um, but I do think we have a lack of omega threes in the body and the diet in most Western um, cultures, and so it's it is imbalanced. But I think the omega three side is the side we should focus on because. We have a lot more data on that piece of it. And I That's... think I really like that you're really stressing inflammation because being a chiropractor, I see people in pain a lot, right? And so most of the time I'm saying to them, this is inflammation. Maybe we should you know, get a test to find out. I find when people take this omega quant test, it's really nice for them to have a number. Mm -hmm. We got a baseline. Unfortunately, um, most people I find are in like the, three to five and a half range and mm -hmm. you're supposed to be between eight and ten right percent well yeah um there's been two people i've tested that were in the proper range one was not myself and i was very unimpressed by that because i figured i should be better than that but it's sad to me that how many people just think that pain is normal this is as good as it's going to get and it really could help I'm, we're not curing anything here. It really mm -hmm. could help to check your fish oil status, check mm -hmm. your arachidonic acid levels, because that could be a game changer in people's lives. Yeah, it, it is interesting. Um, I just did a talk on um, athletes and how omega-3 omega status appears in athletes and um, omega-3s in that context, um, especially like pain and joints, that's what, I'm, that's what brought me here. Um, they're, they show that um, the omega-3s, when they're on board, they help um, heal, they help preserve your muscle, they help um, when you have an injury, they're really important for the recovery process. They don't help you build muscles, they help you recover and help heal your body. And so for a lot of people who aren't athletes, that's like a really important um, process. And as far as arachidonic and omega and EPA and DHA go, um, it's interesting because arachidonic acid is pretty well metab metabolically controlled. So the range of metabolic of arachidonic acid levels usually is not change. It doesn't change very much with diet. Um, the body kind of decides I need about this range and we're going to keep it there. EPA and DHA are really, really tracked with diet a lot more. Um, and so what's interesting is because they also have those similar structures, when you increase your EPA and DHA intake and increase your omega-3 index in your body, the arachidonic acid is actually kind of um, reduced. So they kind of change places because they're, they're similar structures in the membrane. Um, so that's one of the main ways to um, bring down arachidonic acid levels while increasing omega-3 levels. And then if you're looking at that ratio, you get a double whammy where one is going up and one is going down and you get even more change. And we're really just talking about inflammation and pain and healing right now. We haven't even talked about the brain aspect of how good um, omega-3s are for your brain. And I think that could in itself be a different podcast, but what are yeah. the symptoms of an omega-3 deficiency? Um, so omega-3s are, <laughs> I was just doing a talk on this before. There's not a true deficiency sign of omega-3s. They don't have their own dietary reference intake they're not like traditional vitamins and minerals where we see a deficiency um, very quickly. 
So for omega-3s and omega-6s, like the essential fatty acids, skin issues were the original deficiency, but that's not specific to EPA and DHA. That would be all of those, all the EPA and DHA, or all the omega-6s and omega-3s. Um, so what I look for are little symptoms that we see are, um, they're more noticeable um, and, and short-term. So dry eye has actually been one area where omega-3s have um, been really important, um, especially if you're not taking other medications for dry eye, omega-3s um, have been shown to be very beneficial for that. And that's something you can feel. Um, joint pain has also been something that is, it's kind of, it's not the most objective measure, obviously. So that's tricky, but it's something that you could feel in your daily life. Um, if you're looking at blood, triglyceride, blood levels respond to omega-3s quite consistently. So they lower triglyceride levels um, quite a bit. Um, and then a lot of the long research is very long-term. Um, it's about cardiovascular disease death. It's about um, um, cognitive decline. It's like 30 years in the future kind of um, and very multifaceted chronic diseases. So it's hard to say that those are an omega-3 deficiency. Um, when it comes to the brain, there are studies showing um, some cognitive, just generally cognitive function and memory is improved with people who have higher omega-3 levels. Um, but there are so many different ways to study the brain and so many different aspects of it. So it's hard to like bring it to one um, central symptom. And another brain fog or um, memory issues are very multifaceted as well. So it's kind of one piece that can help. Um, and there are, there is a ton of research in this world. I mean, there's concussion research, there's TBI research, there's memory, it just goes on and on. So, um, but generally it's good to have omega-3s on board earlier in life mm -hmm. and not once you're having issues. That's a big thing. That's where we see the strongest evidence is when people have omega-3s on board early in life and throughout their life. So you just don't have these events and, and extra inflammation going on. There's actually a test uh, a person can do with breast milk to make sure your baby is getting a good level of it because, you know, some people think that children don't need supplements, but really they do. Mom doesn't have that stuff in their diet. Baby's not getting it, you know? Right. Right. Okay. So what about what's the best time to take fish oil? Are we taking it? Let's say we have a dose of four pills. Are we taking four at once? Are we taking two here, two there, night, day, with food, without food? <clears throat> Good question. Um, the probably with food is one of the most important things. It's a fat. So eating it with a meal that has fat, you're just going to absorb it that much better. Um, there are two yeah. different, different forms of fatty acids uh, make or a bit different forms of omega-3s. There's a triglyceride form and an ethyl ester form. And because there's two different forms, the ethyl esters are not absorbed very well without food. Unfortunately, you're not ever, it's hard to know what kind of form you're getting. So it's always a good idea just to play it safe and take it with um, a food that contains fat um, or at least non-fasting. So you could take it right before bed, but not just right with your food. Um, the other thing, it's really whenever you will remember to take it. Consistency is the most important thing. Um, you can even kind of, if you want to do some like days where you take uh, double your dose and so you don't take it every single day, um, you can, people take many multiple grams of fish oil a day. Uh, they have not found an upper limit that's unsafe. They have a uh, 
five grams a day has been set as the general upper limit, but they have not found um, actual negative effects there. They just haven't don't have research above that level. Um, and so I would just say that take it when you remember to take it. Um, if you need to take it twice a day because you can't get it all down, do that, get it with food. Here's another question I get asked a lot. Does it thin your blood? So if I'm taking it every single day, is it is it making me more susceptible to bru bruising and such? Mm -hmm. it, uh, potentially. Can I grab my dog for a second? <laughs> She's trying to get in here. One. Okay. Can you repeat the question for me? Sorry. Yes. Is the, um, can you take too much? So it's going to cause a lot of bruising or anything like that. Um, so there, I think there is definitely anecdotal evidence that extra bruising can happen at high doses and high levels in the blood. Um, it's so the, that's really coming down kind of to the bleeding aspect. And this is what people often ask us about is, um, am I going to bleed too much if I take too much omega-3? And what we've seen, and we've published um, some papers on this, is if you look at um, things like pregnancy and labor or operations, surgery, when people have high amounts of omega-3s on board, they don't have an increased amount of severe bleeding events. They might lose more blood statistically, but they don't have a severe event. Um, and so there's a difference there. The clotting time is slowed down. You should notice that if you're doing finger pricks and you're used to doing it, the higher your omega-3 index level goes, the easier those pricks and blood drops should be. Mm -hmm. <laughs> um, and so that's one of the functions of omega-3s is it's affecting um, platelets and it's reducing their clotting, which is a good thing. That's part of the reason why it's good for um, heart disease, essentially. It's um, improving the function of the heart. It is reducing, it is making red blood cells more flexible. It is making every cell that has omega-3 more flexible. So that's a really good thing to a point, of course. So like, I think it makes sense that when you get um, maybe too high, that mechanism is still the same where you are still making that blood flow easier throughout the body, but you just don't wanna make it too easy. And then you can, if you get to a point where you're bruising too much, just back off on the omega-3s a little bit. You don't have to completely stop it. You can bring it back down to a level that works for you. How about if a person is on blood thinners, can they still take fish oil? There is, as far as we know, there's no contraindication. Um, oftentimes it's, it's labeled as such just for out of abundance of caution. Um, but there hasn't been the omega-3s in addition to the blood thinners doesn't make the blood thinners even more powerful. They're already very powerful and you're already going to have to do, um, you're going to have to follow whatever recommendations are for those. Um, but the omega-3s on top of that don't make it extra um, dangerous in any way. Perfect. So omega, now we, I really do think that we covered omega-3s real well, but the you don't just do the fish oil testing. And yes, we do, you know, I, I don't want to dumb it down and say fish oil testing, but that's what people understand a little more. So okay. we do say fish oil testing. Um, what other tests do you guys offer and why mm -hmm. are they important? Yeah. So we are, the lab started in the omega-3 space. It came out of a research lab. So the omega-3 testing and the fatty acids are our specialty. Um, but we have a lot of people who want to do other testing. So we started to add things that were more common, like vitamin D testing. That was really, people were asking us for it. And so we decided to start offering it 
and we're interested in adding tests that have um, that are basically nutritional status tests that have lifestyle fixes um, and that also kind of maybe catch us a little earlier in um, maybe chronic disease so we don't get to a point where we're testing where we are having a diagnosis we can catch it a little earlier so vitamin D um, status, that's been a really big deal over the last few years, especially, um, but it has a lot of the same connections as omega-3s to long-term health outcomes. And um, it's, it's, a, it's a nutrient status that's very low in our general population. So it's, it's great to test. Um, that's pretty easily, that changes quite a bit with the seasons and with sun exposure also is very responsive to supplementation but there isn't a very big um, food component. Actually fatty fish are kind of the main vitamin D source, just like omega-3s. So that's kind of a nice connection. Um, we also brought on a, a B12 status marker that's in urine called methylmalonic acid. And it's interesting, it's kind of like homocysteine is for the folic acid, um, single carbon pathways but um, it's more specific to actually B12 deficiency. So if your B12 is low, um, it's part of an enzyme, it's coenzyme. And if it's not functioning, then MMA builds up in the blood. So it doesn't get to continue in the cycle and flow. And so we measure the buildup of that component. So it's not B12 specifically. There are a thousand ways to measure B12. Um, so this is really a screener to try and really focus on B12. And it's really specific. Um, vegans would be a group and elderly people are two main groups that may have either not eating B12, which is really in basically every animal product um, and elderly people or people who have GI issues. It's, it's really an absorption thing because most people are gonna pretty easily get it in their diet. But if they have anything with their stomach or absorption, it really can affect um, B12 absorption. Um, and then we recently launched HbA1c, hemoglobin A1c, which is not a nutrient stat, it's, it's glucose status over the last three or four months. It's typically used uh, for diabetic patients to test how their blood sugar has been over the last three or four months. But we think it's good for people to know before they might be diabetic to check um, a, a longer term glucose status um, instead of just a one-time plasma level, which can vary quite a bit. Um, and so being able to watch that and if you start to creep up higher, then that might be a time to do all the normal things that would be recommended to move more and to eat more vegetables and um, reduce uh, ultra processed foods, really kind of basic nutrition advice, but to have the number is really powerful. And then you can mm -hmm. see it change mm -hmm. over a three to four month time period. How often do you have people retest? Um, so for the omega threes, it's a three or four month marker. We wouldn't recommend retesting before then. Um, I recommend if you're starting a new regimen, I want to retest sooner. So I'll want to retest within three or four months on the omega threes, um, and the HB1C for sure. Vitamin D can move faster. It also is just more variable over the seasons. So that I also would test maybe every three or four months, but once you're kind of on your regimen and you're pretty solid and you know, if you're doing supplements, that's working for you. If you're doing diet, you know, it's working for you. I don't think you have to test every three months, maybe every six months or once a year it really depends on how steady your lifestyle is. Um, so it, I think it helps, it helps guide you there. And then you can just have kind of a regular checkup, um, as you, as you go on. 
I find that people are really trying to take control of their own health because I get a lot of the patients who have been to this doctor, that doctor, this specialist, that specialist, nothing's wrong, but I know something's wrong. I just don't feel good. And what I like about these tests is that they can do them at home. You can Mm -hmm. easily do them at home. It's a pinprick of blood. Granted, there are definitely some people who are like, I cannot do that. And we're more than happy to do it for the people, but it's something that you can test at any time you are in control of it. There's different things you can change. This is also where I become a supplement snob because when I see people at your big, big stores and they're buying the supplements, I'm thinking, "Mm," you know, there might be some plastic in that fish oil, you know, coating, you know, and, and that's not helping. So when I describe fish oil to people, I say, it's kind of oiling up, like it's lubing up everything. Right. Mm -hmm. And if you don't have enough, you might be a little rusty inside your veins. So if you're taking junky supplements Mm -hmm. and you're, you already maybe don't have the best environment you're living in, you're rusting way faster. Sure. Don't waste your time. If you're going to take this test and you want to be better, don't waste your time buying your supplements at big box stores. Like you got to get it where you know that you're going to get some benefit from it. And here Mm -hmm. with these tests, you know, if you're getting benefit from it or not, the proof is in the pudding. I love it. I love how people can see that they're getting better. And then they, they want to celebrate because they can see that they're improving. That's just, Mm -hmm. this is great. I love that. I love that you came up with these tests. I love that anyone can implement them you're doing a great job. Well, thank you. We're very, we're always happy to hear that they're useful, really useful. We love healthcare providers that are able to use it with their patients and, and counsel them with them. And, um, your point about, I think it's the ultimate validation of a supplement. It's like, you can do it. You can do a third party test in the supplement and test what's in it, but to actually know what's getting absorbed into your body is the ultimate point, because it could be a fantastic supplement, but you might not absorb it for a variety of reasons. And if you're not absorbing it, it's not doing anything. So you're, you have the action of taking a supplement every day but it's not, you could waste thousands of dollars and years and not be absorbing something. I've seen this. I mean, not thousands of dollars, but people taking really nice supplements that just they're taking at the wrong time. They're not taking it with food. It's a a philosopher form and they really don't absorb that very well. And you have, that's why I like to test early on to make sure you're like this supplement works for me. I'm absorbing it. And then I can continue on. It doesn't work for everybody. And there's just no way to know unless you test yourself because there's too many variables. Um, so yeah, I think it's, if you're going to spend the money, you want to make sure you're absorbing it and make sure it's a good, and usually that means it needs to be a pretty good product. Um, and so I think, I think you're right (laughs) in a lot of ways. (laughs) Wonderful. Well, I, I want to respect your time. I told you, I told you we'd be about 20 minutes and I know you are a busy woman, so I appreciate your time. And is there anything that you'd like to like to wrap up with? Um, I just, uh, I'm thankful that you're, you're using the test. I really like to talk about the clinical aspects, not just the research and hear that it's helping people in their actual day-to-day lives. Um, so that's, that's important to me. So thanks for having, having me on and sharing, sharing your success with us too. And if anyone wants to have any of their levels checked of any of the tests that she spoke about today, um, I'll have a link. You can contact my office. And if you have chronic pain, um, you're waking up every single morning and you're uncomfortable, it might be inflammation. So if all you got to do is take some fish oil every day and that's going to improve your life, I think it's a no brainer. Yeah. 
Great, thank you. Thanks for listening to the Fast Lane with Sarah Jane podcast. If you like what you hear, share the podcast and hit the subscribe button so you get updates on all new episodes. And we truly love feedback, so ratings and reviews are appreciated.